This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. Shall we begin? <laughs> Expecto Patronum! Is it true he once elicited a confession with nothing more than piercing look? Dad is missing. Where are the facts? Where are the simple facts? The truth! I believe the dead haunt us because we love them too little. We are no closer to finding who's responsible for this than we were a month ago! We are closer. It's only a matter of time. BFM 89.9, you are listening to Popcorn Culture with Lynn, Sharmila and Arvin. And today we are reviewing a new release on Netflix. It is The Pale Blue Eye, uh, written and directed by Scott Cooper. Uh, and perhaps most, mm, I think most headliney. Um, it stars Christian Bale, among others. So let's talk about this. Before I summarise the story, let's discuss. What do we think? Well, that clip was a lie. Because <laughs> that clip, yeah, that's what I was going to say. Take away the 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 speeding, uh, you know, the thumping soundtrack, slow down everything by, say, two beats and a half, and then you get the experience of this movie. Which is not to say I disliked it. It's just not the sort of thrilling murder mystery experience you might expect it is. Hmm. So, like, first, right, I, I want to say that this movie really surprised me. Uh, because I was expecting a Christian Bale vehicle, because there's always like, there's him, and then there's everyone else, uh, no matter how fantastic they are as actors, there's always a divide in terms of performance. Um, but this movie was honestly carried by a few really good actors. Uh, Toby Jones is always awesome. He was operating on like high awesomeness here. Uh, Gillian Anderson was doing something um, and it worked and I was there for it. Uh, but then there's like Harry Melling, right, who is like always been good in, in everything. Um, and he is he is on another level in this movie. He plays E.A. Poe, as they say, <laughs> uh, a fictional version of E.A. Poe. Um, and I thought this movie was as much his movie as it was Christian Bale's. Um, and, and I enjoyed that. I didn't expect that to happen. But when it did, I was like, oh, OK, OK, I'm here for this ensemble now. I like this film enough. I think, however, that uh, I mean, we can get into it, but I... I agree with what you were saying earlier, Sharmila, about the pace. I think that there's something about the the pace and the story and perhaps the occasionally uh, amateurish, I think, is a bit harsh. But the, the less than polished feel of the film sometimes works against it. Um, so E.A. Poe is in it, as, as Arvind's <laughs> mentioned, but it's a... At its heart, it's supposed to be a murder mystery movie. Um, it takes place at the West Point Military Academy in the, when is the timeline? In 1830, um, in which one cadet, it's <laughs> when it begins, one cadet uh, has been found hanging. His body has been desecrated in a really brutal way. And so you have Augustus Landor, played by Christian Bale, um, coming in to detect and to try and understand what's happened, um, meeting up with cadets with their own motivations, meeting up with Toby Jones's doctor, who's kind of mysterious in his own way, and then there are more deaths. 
Yes, I mean, it is a story set around Edgar Allan Poe. I don't know what, what else we would have expected. This right? is what I'm saying, right? So the movie doesn't trust you to know that because ravens are everywhere. This is what ravens I mean. Ravens are everywhere. <laughs> there are telltale hearts that end up being important to the storyline. Uh, you know, Poe just coincidentally talks about writing a poem about Lenore. Like, it's 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 all a little heavy-handed. Um of course, I will say this, that as a pretty big fan of Edgar Allan Poe, um, I did appreciate the the little sort of fan service bits that they put in. Um, for me, I think this is one of those movies that's perfectly enjoyable to watch. I didn't need to go to the cinema to watch this. Um, it's one of those like RTM to weekday night. Ooh, there's a murder mystery on. Let's watch this and see how it goes. The only thing that's a, a spanner in that actually is the fact that it has Christian Bale. And I don't say that as a complaint because I love watching him in anything. He just makes it seem like a bigger movie than it actually is and he's, then sets expectations in a certain way. He's too good. It, that's, yes. that's all it comes down to. Christian Bale and Toby Jones in particular are too good for this movie. And and in some cases, not so much with Harry Melling, who is also enjoyable to watch, but um, with a lot of the other characters, just axe them off the screen in such an uncomfortable way to the degree that you're like, okay, all right, you know, I'm not even sure you're in the same room. No, that's exactly it. There are some scenes with um, Christian Bale, who plays uh, the investigator, Landor, interrogating some of the cadets at the academy. And I'm just like, are these just extras that, they asked to put on a uniform because they're so bad and he's so good. I don't know if that's a Christian Bale effect though. Maybe if they were in a movie without Christian Bale, they'd be good actors also. But because <laughs> he's in the same scene, you're like, oh, where do you come from? Um, but no, I also felt the same way. I thought um, there were times when the movie was trying too hard to be prestige uh, or more prestige than it actually is. Um, it was trying to be very atas. And I think that's why some parts are a bit slower, a bit too slow. Uh, and the pacing gets a bit janky in some places. Um, like you could feel, right, by the third act that the Atas was fading and it was picking up pace. And you're like, okay, so now we're moving and now we're getting somewhere. Uh, but a lot of the movie is just like very, let's let's take in the atmosphere and let's have a lot of dialogue and let's have like cinematography. And the cinematography is nice. But um, like you said, like, I don't think it's a purely cinema movie. And I don't think the movie needed to take itself so seriously uh, some parts work a lot of other parts i was like oh okay you know th this could have been a more a more fun murder mystery if it just took itself more casually so i feel like this this could have gone in a few different ways right we could have had a more fun edgar allen caper. I don't really know what that mm -hmm. would look like. Um, but, you know, you could have had that theoretically. Um, but the other thing that it could have done is gone darker. Um, and I think that the movie tries to substitute tone for substance in that it is a tonally very dark movie. There, there are um, gothic elements to it all over. There are drafty mansions and houses galore. Um, the, the aforementioned ravens. So, so there's all that stuff going along for it, right? But the the story itself, I think, never gets as dark as um, as it needs to, even down to the reveal. Um, and I, I, I mean, obviously, it's a murder mystery. There's going to be a reveal. And when it does happen, I thought that the movie kind of lost its nerve a bit. It, it could have gone further. It could have done more. Um, but instead, it, it almost hesitated and, and kind of pulled its punch. And that resulted in the whole thing feeling a little bit 
a little bit half-baked, which is, again, a pity, especially when you've been sitting with the movie for a lengthy period of time. It's one thing if it's a short, kind of tightly wound thing. But if you're going to do a mood piece and then have it not kind of come through for you at the end, I think that's what ultimately didn't work for me. I, I like the journey, but because the, the third act became what it became, I just, I just enjoyed the overall thing a lot less. Yeah, it definitely felt like it couldn't decide what it wanted to be. Um, you know, uh, it, it's either kind of wanting to be a, a sort of very Atas, Mystic River style murder examination of the human the condition. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, it yeah, reminded yeah. me a lot of that sometimes. And then at other times, it clearly just wants to do this, um, you know, Poe and, and and elaborate on the, the... He is quite a quirky character. There's a lot that could have been done there, but that's not enough of that either. Um by the time you get to the reveal at the end, which honestly I enjoyed, I thought the the twist that the story takes is really interesting. You don't really care as much anymore. Um, and that's got to do with, I think, just the way in which the story is paced and told. Yeah. But one thing I'll say, though, uh, the movie is, um, or it does keep you paying attention and guessing quite a lot. Like as stuff starts to unravel and, and every scene or every uh, crime introduces like a new uh, subplot or new person, right? Um, I thought that the mystery was inclusive enough that it brought the audience in for the, the whodunit part of it. Um, because you think you know who it's not, but then someone says something and you're like, oh, wait, maybe, or maybe this or maybe that. Um, and I think like that kept the movie interesting because otherwise it's, it's a very slow burn. Uh, the pace never actually picks up. Um, so you either need to invest in the characters, and some of them are strong characters, um, or in the mystery. And I think both the characters worked a bit more, but the mystery also is a is a pretty good backbone, I thought. Uh, I have a bunch of things to say about that. Maybe I like this movie the least. I think that's becoming clear. I mean, I, I liked it enough, but I, I had, I think, maybe the most issue with it. Uh, we're talking today about The Pale Blue Eye, which is a mystery thriller that is out on, or rather just came out on Netflix. It's written and directed by Scott Cooper. It's got a really large ensemble cast. Uh, Christian Bale, Harry Melling, Gillian Anderson, more on her later... Um, Toby Jones, Timothy Spall, Robert Duvall. It's a bunch of people. Um, we'll come back and discuss the film a little bit more. Let us know if you've seen it or if you're keen to. You can WhatsApp 018-789-8899 and tweet us at BFM Radio. Be free-minded. BFM 89.9. Pardon, are you Augustus Landon? <coughs> I am. Unless I'm mistake, you've been tasked with solving the mystery surrounding Leroy Fry. That's so. What might I do for you? It is incumbent upon me and the honour of this institution to divulge some of the conclusions which I have reached. Conclusions? Regarding the late Mr. Fry. I'd be most interested. The man you're looking for is a poet. BFM 89.9, you're listening to Popcorn Culture with Lynn, Sharmila and Arvin. And uh, we're talking today about The Pale Blue Eye. That was a much more uh, faithful representation of the movie, I think, than the first clip, which was more like dung, 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 dung. This, it, that's more like the pace, really. People write notes, they meet, they talk. They meet again later. With, with lots of pauses. They talk some more. <laughs> so, yeah, that that's kind of the tone. Um so before I get to a question that I wanted to pose to both of you, actually, um, I'd like to talk a bit about the chemistry because we've all mentioned the running time and the, the pace of the thing. And I think what sustains it 
alongside the mystery is the chemistry. You have to believe that Landor and Poe are like buddy cops, but at in West Point in like the 1800s. You have to be able to buy into that. And I think both Christian Bale and Harry Melling really, really sold it. So firstly, I think Christian Bale is one of those actors that is able to generate chemistry with practically anyone. Um, I've not seen him in a film where he didn't do well in terms of even elevating fairly mediocre actors to beyond themselves. I'm thinking of Mark Wahlberg, for instance. Um, but um, I think definitely here, for someone who's an actor, I haven't really seen much. In fact, I think I've only seen Harry Melling in the Harry Potter movies. Um he really surprised me. I mean, taking on a role like Edgar Allan Poe, who is very distinctive, and then he's he's basically um, crafted a character that's a lot more than just a bag of ticks, right? And he's got this great chemistry with Christian Bale. Every time there were scenes of the both of them together, uh, it really sort of, it sparked up the movie. And I kind of wish there were more, uh, because I would have really loved to see more between the both of them. Actually, the whole thing with uh, there being a, a fictional version of Poe in this movie could have been very goofy. Right? When when I knew that it was going to be a thing, I was like, oh, how, how are they going to... Like, it's, it's such a tricky thing to pull off. Um, but I think when it came to the chemistry between the two, like, of course, like Christian Bale, like you said, can have chemistry with anyone and, and he's, he's so, so pro at this. But I think Harry Melling brought such a... I don't know what the word for it is, like groundedness. A vulnerability. To- yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. To to that character that it works so well against Christian Bale sort of all, you know, closed in and, and you know, doesn't want to share anything. And he, he has like a like there's some dark past going on there um, and he's very aloof. Right. So those two things blended so, so well together, I thought. Um, I also love the clip that we just played because um, when he's introducing when Poe is introducing himself, Christian Bale's character coughs in the middle of a sentence. And I'm like, oh. That is peak acting. This man (laughs) chose to cough in the middle of dialogue and he made it work somehow. Okay, my critique, or or actually it's more a critical question. So I want to start off by saying that I don't think that every film needs to actually... uh, Oh my God, I've forgotten the name of the test that I was going to say. What is the test? Two women. test. Thank you. Um, I I I knew you were going there. Because I don't... uh, Okay. I want to be very clear. I do not think that every film needs to pass the Bechdel test. Um, I don't think that every movie, um, I don't think it's realistic necessarily to insert female characters um, into into stories where they're there just for whatever, right? Um, that, that part doesn't make sense. I did think though um, that this film, and, and this is why I said earlier, I wish it had gone somewhere else because I think that its actual roots or, or in a different movie, um, it could have been a an exploitation film. Um, and I, I don't mean that in a bad way. I mean that it could easily have done that and maybe it would have been truer to the story because um, it leans into a lot of gothic tropes about female characters right there. They're kind of fragile and fainting or um, the, the ways in which the the story pivots on the female characters is very, very stereotyped. Um, and, and that's, again, fine-ish for a thriller, noir, military story. That's okay. But then the story doesn't do enough to lean on that and make it worse and therefore make it better, <laughs> you know, if that makes sense. No, I, I get it. Uh, at some point in the film, um, 
somewhere towards the closing, I started thinking, ah, oh, this movie actually doesn't do anything with its female characters that is interesting. Um, nothing about this is innovative or shocking. It's not shocking enough that you're like, oh, the movie really went there. And if the story didn't hinge on the female characters' actions, yes. it wouldn't matter, but they do. Yeah, so that part really made it feel a little bit more dated than it needed to, I feel. Um, because it's a pity, like, it, it could have done more um, and it didn't have to feel flat the way it did. Actually, now that you... I I, I hadn't thought about that. I, like, didn't, I didn't think about that um, aspect of it. But now that you mention it, um, there's that. There's also a bunch of other things that the movie does bring up in terms of just like the psychology of some of the characters and why they would do certain things that they do that it just leaves hanging. Um, it introduces you to like a storyline or plot about someone who might be struggling with a certain thing and then it's just left up in the air. It's like, okay, so, you know, go go figure out or you, you, you know, do what you will with this. Um, and yeah, I, I think they could have they could have made this a lot more, a lot heftier than it was, but they just decided not to. A lot toothier, I think. Um, I yeah. guess what I'm arguing for, weirdly, and I, I didn't know this coming in uh, to our show today, but I think I'm arguing for a nastier movie. That that if the movie wants mm. to be about some of the elements that it is about, and, you know, murder is at the heart and brutal murder is at the heart, um, if you're going to do that, then be nasty. And and that's fine. You know, that that's kind of what you would expect. But it is that thing that we've been talking about, finding the balance between being pulpy and prestige. And I feel like it landed on neither side. Um, and I wish, I don't wish it had been more prestige. I wish it had been pulpier. I also would have leaned towards pulpy only because, come on, it's Edgar Allan Poe. Yeah. He's mm. not pulpy, but he's definitely not prestige drama material. It's Edgar Allan Poe and like hearts. Yes. You know? Yeah. 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 yeah just do it. And, and I'm just going to say like, you know, allegations of Satanism. There's so much there for this to have gone much darker. Actually, with the with the amount of heavy lifting the movie does to create space, right, and a vibe for itself, like it does a good job of telling you where everything is, like where the barracks is, uh, where the cottage is, the forest. It has a good sense of space and time, um, and it's very very uninviting. So it's doing so much to create those those locations, and it does very little to, like you said, like exploit those locations or, or make use of those locations. Um, another thing that I wanted to ask is, since Netflix is having its own mystery franchise, it's it's got Enola Home and uh, knives out the franchise and now this do we want to see this turn into a do we want to see Poe in future movies is this like Netflix's darker version of the knives out series or oh engine of Enola Holmes <laughs> Poe solving mysteries to me actually seems quite charming but the tone of this movie has me thinking it won't really work if they did it this way so I, I think that if, you know, Enola Holmes has its roots in YA. And I think that mm. that's why it has that addictive kind of frenetic quality to it. Um, if this would lean into its like pulp and rice, you know, mm-hmm. like go, go more in that yeah. direction, then sure, I'd be interested in watching Edgar, Edgar Allan Poe kind of Southern poetry his way through murder mysteries. Why not? You know, that's fine. But if you're not going to do that, and if instead it's going to be, I will do monologues slowly, you know, and like be neither here nor there, then I'm less keen. Mm. I, I think I would, I would pay, I would, I would want to see a series like this. If there was like a, a very short, like six episode seasons <laughs> of him meeting different people. And with different, Harry Melling? With Harry Melling, definitely with Harry Melling mm-hmm. um, and different mysteries. Yeah, why not? He's fun enough. His character is, is, 
probably the best thing in this movie even though Christian Bale is there I would pick him as the best element of the pale blue eye without him the movie doesn't make sense absolutely no yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so I guess Netflix we're co-signing something short and nasty <laughs> appears to be what we're saying. I don't know. This, this, the review has gone into strange places. Um, we're talking today about The Pale Blue Eye, um, which just came out a little while ago, written and directed by Scott Cooper, uh, starring, among others, Christian Bale and Harry Melling. Let us know if you've watched it or planned to or liked it already or did not. You can WhatsApp 018-789-8899, tweet us at BFM Radio and write to us at movies at BFM you have been listening to a podcast from bfm 89.9 the business station for more stories of the same kind download the bfm app